This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that the industry tries to make you believe. This is Jason Cass, and today we have Mr. Jack Wingate on. I know you're going to like this. You may have heard his name. You may not have, but today we're going to dive deep with Jack and and uh, discuss insurance and everything Mr. Wingate. But first, before we do, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that this is being released and Mastermind has probably already opened up for for registration. March 9th is when we're opening full registration for October 25th to the 28th, Puerto Rico um, at BrainShare. We've thrown on an extra day for implementation, but yet didn't increase the price. We um, are going to tropical paradise, yet still in America. You've got to join us. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, More details are going to roll out. We will sell out within a month. Um, Go to AIBrainShare.com right now. You can request an invite. And the last thing I want to say is I want you to do something right now. Everybody, grab your phone, unless you're driving. All right. Go to your Play Store. Go to your App Store. Go there. Okay. You're, you're there. Okay. Now start typing in agency intelligence, two words, agency intelligence. All right. And when you do that, you're going to see our logo there and you're going to be excited that I just gave you a present. That's for you. And that's free to you. And what that is, is that gives you everything AI, but now on the app. That's what we're doing because of our great sponsors, because of our great invest uh, people who are investing in you through our platform. We're able to bl- bring that directly to you. So go to your app store or your play store if you didn't do it when I said it and check out Agency Intelligence. Check it out. It's got the podcast there. There's a bunch of member material in there. So you try to sign into that. You've got to be a member uh, to get access to that. But everything we give away for free and everything that's online is right there for you. Go check it out in the app store, Agency Intelligence. Woo. Okay. Now what I'm really here for, really the reason why people stood outside and waited in line is Mr. Jack Wingate. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. Hope you are. I am too. And you guys immediately can hear it. This is a good guy. He's from the South. He's from the South. And and before I tell you, loyal listeners, he's from North Carolina. You know some of the best insurance agents are in North Carolina. You know Josh Lipstone. You know Christopher Cook out there. And I'm forgetting a bunch of you, but you guys know this. I mean, Jack, you are amongst some 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 stars out there, some rock stars out there in North Carolina. You know this, don't you? Oh yeah, we have a um, we have a ton of great agents in North Carolina, and um, I'm just happy to be on the bottom of that list somewhere. 
Yeah, and it's and actually um, of a lot of the big guy that I like to bash on, I love the states because I think they're doing a great job. And one of the great states of the big guy is North Carolina, led by the one and own rebellious Abby Knight. And that's why I love him because he's one of those that that says, hey, we're going to do what's best for agents. And sometimes not everybody else thinks that way that should be. But yeah, uh, Abby's Jack- fantastic. Dang right he is. He he's he's true and blue. Even when he was over in Georgia, he was he was doing great things, you know. And then he went over there, North Carolina. For everybody that doesn't know, through the rest of the state, especially or through the rest of the union, especially through, um, is is legislative. That's what I always say. That the big eye is that's very very important for them. And Jack, I don't know how involved you are, but North Carolina is a leader in donations to InsurePAC, which everybody should be donating to. I donate $100 a month, not bragging, just telling you I put my money where my mouth is. And I believe that the legislative efforts that they create at the big eye level, it are there's, it's second to none. They're, they're, when we're working in the trenches, these people are at a national and state level fighting for us. And that right there, that's what I'm willing to put my money to. You, you, how, how involved are you with the big eye there in, in uh, North Carolina, Jack? You know, it's, it's funny. I have literally been a member of the big eye for, I think, a year. Um, okay. I, I'm, and, and I have nothing against it. I've always been yeah. – um, like I always got more out of the organizations like uh, here recently, like IOA. Um, mm-hmm. I realistically try to keep my neck out of the politics realm, uh, mm-hmm. maybe to a fault, honestly. But uh, Albie, um, Albie invited me last year to uh, to their big, big shindig and um, then came and met with me. And I said, you know what? The industry has given me a ton. And if I can give back any, uh, I will do that. And part of that was joining up. And I'm, I'm glad I did. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. organization. Wish I'd have done it sooner. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. They, they, they truly, they truly are. Especially North Carolina. I'm being serious. You have even a young agents committee. So, I mean, the the loyal listeners used to hear me talk about it a lot. But back in the day, I mean, I was part of the national young agents. And even when I was at the state level, and I was chairing the state level, like people don't understand that aren't big in the in the association at the state level like that's like the world series is to try to get the young agent committee of the year award or the membership award or the uh, meeting award these things are are the invest award these are really big awards that agents out there are working on behalf of us behind the scenes to to be somebody in our community, um, trying to educate, find people in colleges, in high schools, teachers that will teach it, but to to get more people into the industry. And Jack, I you know wasn't really planning on going down this road at all, but it kind of <laughs> leads it kind of leads to you though, right? Like you've kind of taken on this um, this this new model. And I really don't know a lot about it, but I know that Ryan's kind of told me a little bit about it when I was asking, and we were doing the 20 people uh, to watch. Uh, your name uh, was uh, was brought up, and, 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 and he told me you're doing some kind of different model. What are you doing out there? What's the makeup of your agency? What are you doing? Yeah. So a um, little backstory here, 15 years old, uh, in the agency, uh, started it from scratch, less than zero, I think as, uh, Mr. Zaremba likes to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, over the years, very traditional, we go out, we kill it. Um, meaning we go out, cold call, get the business, bring it in. 
And at some point in time, you know, that's not tremendously scalable. And through that whole period of time, uh, one of my carriers um, is very old school. I think you actually have them as well. They're from up north, um, eh, right near Canada. But um, you get kind of in this little box with these agency owners that that's all you know. And um, Mm -hmm. I started seeing, hey, we have all these small agencies out there and there's got to be a better way. I think in five years, a lot of those small agents are going to be gone. And so my model was to come up with, I've got bandwidth, if you will. Uh, I've got back end. I've got, um, and I enjoy building out the technology components. So the, the way I decided to set it up was let me handle branding. Let me to, to a, to a certain extent, let me handle the branding. Let me handle the back end, and, you know, let me try to find some good agents. And, and fortunately, last year, we were able to bring on a, an agent. He was in a situation. We were able to come in and help. And we sort of opened up an office in Hendersonville, North Carolina, tiny little Hendersonville, North Carolina, and gave him, his name is Jared Bellman, by the way, mm-hmm. gave yep. him the the ability to go out and just focus on doing what he does best, which is sell, which is being a part of the community, let my team, my technology help amplify his efforts. And so to me, I call it, it's like a hub and spoke type operation where, Mm -hmm. you know, all choices is the center of this little universe. And we're able to, to make sure that processes run, which you and I both know processes in a small agency are most of the time non-existent. So, so that's, that's pretty much the model. Now, how we accomplish that is probably, uh, I'm sure we'll probably go down into that with the technology aspect, but that's, that's really it, man. I mean, I, I want to find those really good agents who have that smaller agency, be able to bring them in, morph them in, let them continue to do what they do, but just let me enhance it. That's, that's basically, and granted, it might never get more than Jared Bellman, but right. I have the ability. And for me, it's not about, it's not about making money and it's not about bringing Mm -hmm. on premium. My first concern with Jared was, Hey man, don't sully my name. I've worked real hard to make sure that Altruist has a really, really good name in the industry, in the community. That's what I care about. I like that. I like that. But, but I, but I don't think so. I don't think so, Jack. Um, You just ended it and said, that's, that's what I care about. Now, you know, you care about people. That's what you care about because when you started this whole conversation three minutes ago, you started talking about how there's people out there that you see this small agent and something had to be done or those agents were going to disappear. You started looking inward and saying, how can I affect that situation? Right? That's what happened. You do it because you care about people. And I think you know and you figured it out already that caring about people is going to help protect your reputation and all choice and what you've built in it. And I think a lot of times people try to build that wall and protect that brand and that reputation. And in the meantime of building that wall, they keep the people out and they don't bring the people along with them. And I think you've got it figured out, Jack. And I think that's the reason why you're going to be successful. What say you? I agree wholeheartedly. It's uh, this industry, like you say, I believe on 99.9% of every one of your podcasts is, I I think this is the greatest industry that God ever created. That's right. I am fortunate enough to have just stumbled in on it. 
And, um, you know, there's a lot of great guys out here, Jason. I think you know this, and and some of them are in bad ways or, or will be in a bad way if they don't change or find a different way to do business. And, you know, if I can help in any way, that's that's what I want to do. That's good. That's good. That's good. And that and that that's going to lead us everywhere. It's so many times. And that's why I think this industry is so great. I And I'm just going to say it. I've never been a nurse. Right. I've never been a welder. I, I've never been an electrician. I've never been a doctor. I don't know what your industry is like with your camaraderie, what theirs is. But I know what ours is. And you hear my loyal listeners hear the same story every day. It all starts with something that Mike Beard told me years ago. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And to some people, it used to be, let me go get involved so people know that I care. Now it's, how can I get involved so I can change people's lives? And and in, in the, that way, now we really see that. Let's get to an important part. You an iPhone or you a Droid user? I was wondering when that was coming. I am a I'm an iPhone user as of about two years ago. I had been a okay. Droid user forever. Okay. And then I have a daughter that went to college and she was an iPhone user. And I said, I guess if we want to see her pretty face, we better mm-hmm. be able to FaceTime. Now, see, some people would say, Jason, don't you think it's worse that Jack was on one side and then he went to the other? No. Because if Jack now thinks that the iPhone is better, at least he was on the other side to measure it. Chris Langeal, same way. It's ne- never said it was better, Jason. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Okay, okay, Jack. Jack, now people are going to stop listening to this right now. You got to consider most of them are iPhone users. You got to make them happy. But yeah, no, okay. That, that's interesting. What's the last app you downloaded? Oh, my goodness. I don't have very many apps. I would. Jeez, that's a good one, man. I probably haven't downloaded an app. Oh, I tell you what it was. It was the Slack app. Ah, that was the last app. one. I the last one I downloaded. Good app, dude. You can re- you can you can rule you can rule your life on on that app. Totally, yes. totally, totally. Yeah, that. Oh, love it, love it, love it. So, do you uh, love to win or do you hate to lose? Yes. Um, you know, I I, I grew up playing sports and winning. There's no if you're not first, you're last. Thanks, Rick, Ricky Bobby. There, <laughs> and and so I love to win, but I tell you what, man, the losses stick with me really, really long. So it, it's hard to say. So yes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so the podcast we released today, Chad Spade, I loved it so much. I actually put it out there. I was waiting for the podcast to post, and he says there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. So That's listen, and, right there. So, so listen and keep going. I really, really thought that that was that was so good when he said that, and he didn't even realize that he said it. And then the editor who does the show notes pulled it out, and I was like, "Holy cow!" And so, yeah, that that was really, really good. He's a damn good dude, and everybody yeah. says the same thing about Chad. They all say, "Gosh, he hardly ever talks, but when he does, you got to listen, you know." And not only do you have to listen, like you got to like really listen because he talks real softly, you know. Yeah. But uh, boy, he's got a. He's got a, a brain that's uh, probably comparable to yours because you're you're kind of when we say brand, we're talking about marketing, sales. Are, are you doing all that? I mean, not the sales, obviously, but what does that mean? Like, if Jared's out there building his business, finding customers, prospecting, what does your part getting more in the dirt look like for the agency, Jack? So uh, honestly, Jason, I'm I'm still 
I'm still in production, I guess you could say. So mm-hmm. to, to an extent, I'm there, uh, which is okay. I, I like it. But, you know, for me, the brand, for the most part, if someone sees, and, and thank you, Ryan Hanley, he likes to wear my shirts that I send him. Um, most of them <laughs> see that the, the, the big old beard logo. Um, so most people associate that with brand. But to me, brand is not necessarily about the outward marketing. The, the brand is about the experience that, that we're achieving internally, the experience that we're giving to the customer, the experience that we're giving to the staff. That's, that to me is branding. You know, the shirts mm-hmm. and hats and all that stuff is, is good. But I, I can tell you, people don't, for me, people do not buy what we're selling because of a shirt or a hat. So it's about like everything it. else that we shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I uh, I like that a lot. I like that because you are correct. And that's, you know, when you're talking about trying to create that experience, you know, in my, um, when people say you need to work on the business rather in the business, I've talked about this uh, a couple, maybe a couple times. I can't remember. I wrote a blog on it, but it talks about when you hear somebody say that, it sounds almost like lip service because it's like, yeah, I've heard that before. So it's time to break that down. So what does that look like? I want to get your impression or your impression. I want to get your uh, thoughts on what you think that working on the business looks like. In my blog that I talk about, I, I give it a scale of understanding that I have to give technology, create culture, make sure that my team has the tools and resources to be able to take care of the client. Because I know that if my team has that, then they're going to take care of the client. And then the jo- the client even has a job in my organization. That's called paying the bills. Mm-hmm. So if we are going to be able to make that work, I have a lot of times owners are so concerned about what type of business they write or should we write this person or that person. I don't know. Or how, uh, you know, how did we service that? I don't know if that's necessarily our job. Our job is to make sure they have the tools and resources and give them the confidence and, and the, and the authority to make those decisions and run it as they want us obviously doing spot checks and different things, but we're talking about as a cultural, um, experience level that you're creating for your employees and they're creating for our customers what does what does working what does working on the job mean mean to you? Well, and, and great great question, and I think you've been around long enough, like I have, where you've heard that forever. Mm-hmm. Whether it was uh, Michael Jans back in the day or or whomever, but you have a lot of young listeners, so I'm going to preface this by saying Go. this: when I hear you should work on your business instead of in your business, I think to an extent it's right. But for all these young guys out here, understand this, nothing happens until you go sell something. So mm-hmm. when it's you work in your business from eight to five or whatever that time is, and then when you go home at night, you work on your business. I mean, until you get to the point where you can pay someone, that's that's what happens. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. 15, 18 hour days that we all put in as business owners. So um, so I say that just go work and sell something is the main thing. Um, Absolutely. But, but to, to your point of what does working on the business mean? Um, you know, when we were Jared sort of fell in our in, in my lap uh, a year ago. And at that time, I was already putting in Infusionsoft internally as, as sort of a marketing engine. Um, but when he came on, it really sort of it, it ramped up my time frame. So 
to me right now, working on the business is putting together the infrastructure to make him and everyone else in the organization more successful and more efficient. So what does that mean? That means building out our sales pipeline in a way that not just is outreaching to the client, but out actually taking parts of the of the pipeline, breaking it down to where we're able to convert leads at a higher clip because we're communicating the right way. What Love does that it. mean? I, I, and you're, no. you're a far better salesperson than I will ever be. But yeah. you and I both know that as you walk through, let's just say someone calls you for a home and auto quote and you don't, you're not going to probably get to it that day. You're going to start working on it. You've got to shop it to your carriers, blah, 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 blah. Well, what happens when they don't hear from you for 24 hours? In their mind, the client is automatically going to, oh God, they did, they forgot about me. So mm -hmm. what we found was we were, had some people dropping off during different parts of the sales pipeline. So we just started inserting automatic messaging like, hey, we, we've got your stuff. It's out to quote. This is what to expect. People just want to know what to expect. That's why they shop at Amazon most of the time. So that's that's finding those those stall points in the sales pipeline, in the endorsement pipeline, in the renewal pipeline, you name it, finding those stall points, making it to where the system is automatically outreaching so that our staff doesn't have to remember to do it the same way every time. That, to me, is working on the business. That's right. That is right. That is working on the business. Well said, loyal listeners. There it is. That is a, that is a, 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 how long have you been in the business, Jack? I started uh, in April of 02. April of 02. Okay. Wow. So I got my license, I think in February of 02. I was hired on Christmas Eve of 2001. So dude, we've been in like same time. That's, that's, that's incredible. Um, I did not know that. So yeah, there's there right there. Loyal listeners is a very good example of working on the business. Now, when you're talking about working on the business and what you're, what you're elaborate are, are leading to actually, and what you're saying and basing everything off of is that P word process, right? That creates yeah. that workflow. And it's very hard to do that. One of the things that I, we still have hard time to do in this today, uh, Jack, because our strength is not figuring out automations and stuff. And I got people who do it for me, but they don't understand insurance as well. So they're like, well, what do you need it to do? I like your your thought of, hey, there we noticed that they, we didn't get back to them. And so, you know, at 24 hours or 12 hours or certain points and periods, we send them a text just saying, hey, we're working on it. We'll be back with you soon, whatever it is. I think people know that, Jack, that they want that. But I think it's hard for them to say, how does that get automated, right? That, that's the thing that needs to be taught in this industry is how does that thing get automated? Like, is there just a thing inside of our management system that we hit a clock and until we deliver the quote, you know, it's a running clock and at 24 hours, it sends off triggers a, you know, that's one of the things that gets really to you with Infusionsoft and you being able to run that. I think it's easy for you to see that in your head, but it's very, very hard for agency owners to say, I want that Jack, but how do I trigger that? How do I make that happen? Anything without getting too deep in the weeds on that, Jack? Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not a smart man. I'm not Seth Zaremba who can figure all this stuff out. Um, Damn right. But, um, you know, here's the, the way I look at it. 
we all know what we do every day. We just don't have it formalized. We know the things that should happen. And probably from the start of your insurance career, you knew, man, if I could only make this happen the same way every single time, yep. my life would be a whole lot easier. Well, all mm-hmm. we've done, and take take the fact that I said Infusionsoft out of the equation, because the tool doesn't matter. The theory matters. And I'm not a big theory person. I but like that. It, you know, it's... What am I trying to accomplish? And being being humble enough to get out of your own way and realize that you don't have all the answers. You know, let the let the people decide what the answer is because because the feedback you'll get will lead you. When we started our sales pipeline last year, it had four steps because that's the off the shelf stuff that I bought. Right now, I think I'm at nine sales sales stages within the process. And each of them gotcha. was developed from feedback. So, uh, you know, the, the first thing to think of is this. Automation and technology is not, um, it's, it doesn't fix everything. It's just it, it, a tool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is exactly right. And, and your it really process tr- is broken, it's going to be broken with automation too. So it doesn't matter. You know, and that is something that, ooh, I love that. And I know you're going to love that. You're going to understand because you live this. One of the things that Nicholas Ayers and Preston and a lot of these lead gen guys have really um, really stepped up to the plate to explain that, that if you don't have a process and you get leads, you're only going to have more issues. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think, first of all, I think a lot of the industry, especially those who've been in it for a while, I think they're just used to that. Right. Like, the, OK, we get leads. We have no process. So that's just why we have a stressed out environment. And I think the more modern agent is saying, no, we want this to be more efficient. We want to have more fun at work. We don't want our people to be stressed out. We want to create a good, positive culture. We want to have a good experience. All that stuff that, that we're trying to do. I think it's looked at differently. And now it's you don't want leads unless you have the process, because that's what happens. And and and, and I really, really like that. I mean, you agree? I mean, oh, have you seen definitely. that? Uh, yeah, no process. You're you're going to be big trouble if you get leads that you want to get. I mean, I, I can tell you this: what I hear so so often. Um, I was fortunate enough to sit on a couple of task forces for this one carrier that I think we share in common. And in listening to a lot of the agents, I would hear, "Hey, this marketing doesn't work. Hey, this marketing doesn't work. Hey, this doesn't mm-hmm. work." They all work. I mean, statistically, they all work. Direct mail still works. Facebook leads work. They might not work for, they might not convert like you want them to, but they all work. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 you that is the problem. I don't even know if that was good English, but no, I'm from the South, good. so it doesn't like matter. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, I mean, it's, 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 do you have the, Right now, I, I told someone the other day, I'm, I said, right now, my agency, we can't really handle it right now, many more leads because we're, we're, we're freaking running at 110%. So that's on me as the leader to fix that, which mm-hmm. that's happening. So once that happens, I can turn on the next spigot to make some more leads come because leads for the sake of leads mean absolutely nothing. The conversion matters. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. The conversion matters. And yes, that's exactly right. And leads, if you've got a ton of leads and you're not getting back to people, you're absolutely killing the experience and just butchering. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what we have to do as a as a group of agents, we have to realize that when Jack gets too many leads and Jack can't can't keep those leads and those leads don't have a good experience and they're with State Farm or they're with Geico, they gave us the opportunity and we failed. You know, I'm throwing you under the bus here, Jacqueline, because you're here, but this okay. is a problem in our industry. Right. We don't understand that it's not so much just inside the inside the the confines of your walls. It's letting them have the understanding. I mean, we try every day to get people to realize that State Farm doesn't pay claims, doesn't care about you. um, And and they're just trying to make you think that Aaron Rodgers is their client. You know, I mean, that's all they're trying to do. And we're actually over here trying to advise and help people and put people in a better situation. And our companies are better. And here that person finally took that leap of faith, called Jim Bob's insurance agency down the road, and they didn't have a good process, so they didn't call him back in a timely fashion. We've all been guilty of this. I'm not sitting here pointing fingers and saying that that we haven't been guilty of this. But we also realized that we needed to have processes. I said it before and I say it a million times. Companies that are large all have processes. They didn't all of a sudden get large and say, well, we need some processes. No, they had processes and that's what got them large. And so that tells me that processes are predicated, our our growth is predicated by process. And I think that that's why it's so important. And me and Hanley and people like you understand this, that that's part of the great separator. You will not be able to not get away or get away with not being a process driven organization. Amazon has proven that in every realm possible. And it's not so much so that they have the brick and mortar, but it's that it's the fact of the process. It's the process of me having to go to the brick and mortar to get it. It's it's part of that whole process. And they understand the new process. And I think we should as well, uh, Jack. It sounds well, like and, you do. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have been a champion for this. And so you and I have never met. And mm-hmm. but I can tell you that. You, Hanley, people like Ayers have have played a big role in my recent history with the agency because not that you guys have said anything earth shattering. I mean, probably you have, but it, I probably for, have a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for me, it, it <laughs> yeah, for for me, it, the things that you guys have said just reinforce what's in my own head, and sometimes we yep. just need to know that yep. we're on the right track. Yeah. And my my problem with our industry is this. We have a lot of people who have been in the industry an awful long time and can sit around and say, well, I'm making, you know, X amount of dollars. So how can you tell me what I'm doing is wrong? And they're right. They've earned the right to do whatever it is that they do, but they're stuck in the past. So our the IA channel, to a large extent, does a crap show, man, when it comes to 
mm-hmm. being good at what we do. And the problem that I see with that is they go, well, it works. I've been doing it for this long. Well, I mean, the Model T yeah. looked really nice for a long time too, but it that changed. <laughs> No, absolutely, absolutely. No, you you're right, and 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 a lot of this stuff. Um, oh gosh, I jumped, I jumped. I was looking at my notes, and you said something right before that about the agents and the reason why they don't want to change. And I can't, I can't think of what it was. Anyways, anyways, yeah, it is, it is, it's really. They don't want to change, and I and I have to tell you that I think it, one of the things that holds it back, and one of the things when I talk about data, people process in the Great Separator. One of the things I like to talk about is the people, and I don't think people sometimes get what I'm talking about. And I'm talking about the fact that the roles of the CSR are going to change. The role of the CSR today is different than the role of the CR, uh, C, uh, C, uh, CSR or account manager, let's say account manager. I hate actually CSR. I have to say it so that people understand, but the account manager has changed. It's morphed into more of a sales role, a lot of different things. But as Neon and other platforms roll out, you're going to find out that these roles now are taking on data mining, right? To be able to mine data effectively by asking questions and the different types of things that that can be done. Those are those are where those roles really change. And I think we can't even get a lot of our account managers up to speed today. I think a lot of us all have the, not me, but a lot of us have the executive, are they a person that's worked in our office for 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years? I get it. They're, they're, they're essential to your business. Um, but sometimes we have to start wondering, is, is that person taking on water for the rest of the ship that could adversely affect them, right? That's something that we have to look at. One thing I've said, I haven't said in a while, is if you can't change your people, change your people, right? Yeah. That is that is the problem. So I think part of the great separator, Jack, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is part of the great separator is, is that you're going to be eliminated because you can't get rid of your people, and you're going to get eliminated because the people that do leave are getting rid of you because they can get paid as to mine data in a different way. So that's a double whammo. That's not that's so that means you're losing the good talent and the bad talent staying. That's a bad situation altogether. What say you, Jack? Yeah, the what and I'm sure you've heard this before, but Agency owners who've been doing it a while, again, making a great living, God bless them, love them. They have earned the right. A lot of times they do have the older staff in there who have been mm-hmm. doing it the same way forever. And when you talk to, at least around here, so I, obviously in the South, things are a little bit different. We're a little bit uh, less advanced uh, on most extent, on, on most situations. But, you know, I'll talk to someone and be like, well, you're doing it this way. You're, you're using VAs. That's crazy. You're using all this technology. That's crazy. My, my, my people, and they're talking about customers and staff, my people would never go for that. I'm a boutique agency, and, and they like the hands-on approach. Excuses. Excuses. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, your, your, people, your people don't care. And, in fact, your people probably would like to text I mean, mm-hmm. I, I literally had someone say, "My people don't want to don't want to get text. They want to get a phone call. Who the heck wants to get a phone call about their insurance? That's crazy." So you, you're mm-hmm. making an assumption for your clientele, which is probably a, a, a bad argument. And then you're letting your staff get away with 
realistically, you're just not holding them accountable. That well, if if, some, if she gets mad and leaves, X Y Z client will leave. Good, let them go. What does it matter? You you replace them with better clients that fit your model better. Your operation will be better. Your margins, i.e., Seth Rimba, will get better. Uh, your profitability gets better. Everything gets better. It's just a lack of leadership at, at the top. Now, let me let me back up here. I'm a horrible boss. I know this. <laughs> I am. I will let someone stay on way too long. So you know what I did? My model now is I literally have one person. I call him my director of operations, whatever a freaking title means. Mm-hmm. And he's in charge of basically Marble Box and any VAs that we have. Because gotcha. – I know that I want to make sure that he, me, Jared, whomever, are able to spend the time doing the stuff, the high value stuff that we get paid to do, not processing changes. So I, I basically replaced internal staff with with VAs that will do the 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 not the grunt work for without complaining. And it's, and it's not a cost thing. I think we might pay less with a VA, but it has nothing to do with cost. It has to do with my, my happiness. <laughs> I, I hated having employees to, to manage on a daily basis. I, I talked to Christopher Cook uh, the one time I actually did meet Christopher and he said, and we were talking about this and he said, I got like 20 staff and he says, just 20 headaches. <laughs> and it, it is true. Jury <laughs> is because they have their own life and stuff like that. And I have yeah. to say that is, been a big reversal to Travis and I's thoughts of having, right? We have three locations, but we literally have like two, three people in each one. We have two, we have three in one, two in the other, and two in the other. And we don't want to get any bigger, people wise. So we've started to rethink about then how do we make these numbers grow? And it's the size of the revenue that's coming per client. Now that that's a, that's another thing, but it kind of leads into what I'm saying. You said that my people wouldn't like texting. Okay, I always love this, and I want to point this out. And I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna rip on us loyal listeners for a minute as an industry because you guys all know somebody like this, or you may be this person. But we're terrible bat business people, right? We were great producers who all of a sudden said, "I want to make more money," and we believed this lie that if we became this owner, we would make more money, and then to prove how bad we are, when people give us statistics, we don't pay attention to them. Whether they're right or wrong, even if they're half right, 53% of people, I just saw this just a couple of days ago, 53% of people would prefer to have a text from their professional. So that would be like a dentist. And, and so if we can consider ourselves professionals, 53%. Now, where we're bad business people, Jack, is like we hear that statistic and we still say, well, my people don't like it. Listen, folks, 53% means 53%. Even if they're half wrong, that means 25% of your people want to be text, want to have some text, right? It's kind of the same statistic. I used to rant on this with three or four day, years ago when, when people would take offense to me saying that your book, 75% of your book shops every year. And they're like, oh, Jason, you're wrong about that. I get these emails. And I'm like, listen, national statistics say that 75% of the people shop their insurance every year. Now, that may be not calling somebody. That may just be going on some website while you're sitting there watching Netflix real quick and just throwing some stuff in and seeing what happens. 
but they're shopping their insurance. Now, the good news is that agents want to lose sight of is that only 25% or even a little bit of less of them are actually purchasing when they shop. They're then wanting to call all uh, uh, to call Jack. They're wanting to call Jared and Jason. So, boy, that's that's three J's. That that's sweet. There you I go. like that. Jared and Jason was those were the smoking J's. I always wanted to have a band and call them the smoking J's. Do you, do you play an instrument? Yeah, I played the drums back in the day, but I don't think we want to get me on there. I, I've never played an <laughs> instrument, so you can only imagine how that bad that's going to be. And I don't know about Jared. So anyways, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's another gig after we retire, Jack. We'll be the smoking Jays. We'll figure something out of how we're going to do that. Um, so, so yeah, so I think when you really come down to it, I just think that there's a lot of different things that we can look at when it when it comes to being a business owner. And when you look at understanding, you need to be an, an agency owner, but a business owner. You should be looking at those reports daily and weekly, being able to make decisions. The old saying is, you ask a lot of people, Jack, you say, hey, what's your retention? They'll be like, oh, you know, 89%, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what report do you run? Like, I'm curious. Do you measure it by like uh, policies in force? Are you measuring that just straight by premium, or is there any account size? Well, you know, uh, here's my thought, Jack. If you can't measure it, it ain't real. What say you? Yeah. yeah it, well, and and I agree with that. And and I believe that the industry as a whole, uh, the the technology pieces that we have in place as a whole make it hard to gather some of that data uh, in its current form. You're trying to pull that data out of a management system. You know, it's going to be, well, it's about this, but this, if you look with in certain carriers have really great reports, performance reports that you can yep. go in, but I wonder where they get half of their data from too sometimes. So literally what we try to pull is, and I look at both because premium pays, you know, you know policy count to me on, on our end sort of, uh, shows um trajectory down or you know good or bad I like so that. so we we track both of it and i literally i beginning of the year i throw in you know what the end of the year i go here's the policies that we have in force and here's the premium we have in force and then i i measure it you know each year that way you know and I kind of go throughout the year doing that but yeah it's it's a tough report and i think a lot of times people don't they don't want to fess up to to those numbers actually because they want we all think that we're good at what we do. And mm-hmm. if we have some statistics that, that show otherwise, then that means that we're not as good or as flawless as we we think we might be. So, But if you think about that, that's not how other people think, right? No. Like, like the whole <laughs> stock market is built off projections of numbers as to what's saying this and that, and, it, and it's made people trillions. I, 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 it's so amazing. That's It's just part of that. And, and you just hit it on the head. It's that I, I, I really, this is crazy. Yeah, I've, said, I've said this. My buddy, um, I have a friend. He told me, this was about a year and a half ago. He's not a really close friend, but he's a friend. He told me that he thought that his wife was messing around on him. And I said, well, how long have you thought this? And he, it was a long time. And I said, well, I mean, I've never been in that situation. I don't know what to do. But do you hire a private eye? Do you, do you, do you? And he was like, yeah, I thought about all that, but I'm just not going to do it. And it was the fact that as long as he didn't know, he could live with it. Sometimes that's how we are as agency owners. It's the fact that as long as I don't know and I can still pay the bills and there's still money for me, 
and I'm and I'm building a PNL, I think that it's working. But I think it's those who start looking at those numbers and realizing that to have the life you want, to experience the five truths of insurance, you need to be building the balance sheet. Best said by my buddy David Carruthers. It's not about building that PL, it's about building that balance sheet. Now, to new people who are new agents who are listening, go back to some of the stuff, Jack, what you said earlier. Like, you can't, you have to realize where you are in your career to understand what advice you want to take from what we're talking about, Jack, right? I mean, you, you and I have been doing it like 17, 18 years, very different, and we wouldn't have been talking this way in year three. You know, but it's important. I wish that we would have had somebody in year three or when we were in year three who was giving um, us the advice. Because really, what we're doing, Jack, and I want to get your opinion, we're really not giving more advice other than saying, here's what's happening here. Does that challenge your thinking for what's happening in your agency? That's the point of what we're having. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And, you know, I think for the younger people and, and I think partly to what you were just saying there, they, they look at how you do business. They look at people who mm-hmm. have been doing it a long time and it's, and it's, they want to skip from, you know, step one to step 10, but those nine steps or eight steps, I guess it would be in between there teach you a lot about who you are and about the type of business that you will and can create. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but back back when we first started, when it was just, you know, you go out and write business and hope that you can pay some bills, there was yeah. some freedom. There was some freedom in that because it's like, all right, yeah, you know, I don't have to worry about it. Am I going to spend money on this or this? It's like, and there ain't no money to spend. Let's That's let's right. go make some money. I mean, there's well, freedom. Said, dude. You know, so, <laughs> You're right about that. You know, so, so they look at people like Christopher Cook and like, oh, my gosh, I want to do it just like him. You can't yeah. do it just like him. You can't do it just like Jason. You can't do it just like me. We're we're in different spots in our in our career. So you know, take the pieces of advice that you get and and make them work for your business. You know, you, you're you're Jason Cass and a host of about sixteen other people are an excite in an exciting place right now with Neon. But you mm-hmm. know what? Neon is over the heads of a lot of people. And so they don't need to worry about being a neon person. Go sell some stuff and start building right. your agency. You know what I mean? That's it's, right. That's right. That's that's that, my opinion. And that's and again, I don't think I'm ready for neon. And Seth, I, I actually messaged Seth the other night, and he was like, "I'm coming for you after we uh, after we get you know these people up." And I don't even know that I'm ready for neon yet, and I have a pretty good infrastructure. So you know, you know, you know Hanley and I were having this conversation last night. He actually made a post about when you get off the phone with yeah. Cass. Okay, it, literally, we just had this phone call about what you're talking about. I was, you know, just he's asking some last minute questions. He's prepping it up and stuff, and I just kind of delivered to him, dude. There's no silver bullet, bro. Like there's no like automatic like lead gen that, you know, just reaffirming to you. There's no lead gen that is just going to just change your, 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 your drive. What it's going to be is I said, I remember my buddy Ryan Hanley used to say it well back in 2011, and it's called rubber sole shoes on the concrete. That is what is the silver bullet. Just getting out there and straight getting just just working, just meeting people. You know, that is the difference. And I think now with Killing Commercial and some of the other things that are being taught out there, um, I think now we can be more effective. And if I knew the things that I know today, uh, 18 years ago, 
I would probably not be in the industry anymore or be in an in, in agency owner anymore because I would have like grown it so fast. I'd have sold it for three times and then been done because the things we're doing today are electric as far as being an advisor on the commercial line side. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. Best time ever to be in the industry. I agree. And, and, and I've had the discussion with, with Ryan as well. And, and not to make this a Ryan Hanley uh, experience, but that guy, right. he's, he's, he's earned that for me. Um, That's right. That's right. But yeah, I, I told him that there's, like you said, there's no magic bullet. I am an idiot. I am just a, you know, a, a dummy from Durham, North Carolina, who went to Appalachian State University. But one thing that my dad taught me was don't be outworked. You know, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be the Jason Cass of salesman. If nope. you're, if you're, if you care about people and you're willing to humble yourself and just go work, you will be successful in this industry. Right, right, and you know, and 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 you you've you've alluded to the fact that I'm a great salesman. I really do. I, I'm not even bragging to you. I think that I do. I I am a very good salesman. But why? Because of the luck or skill thing that I want to get from you next. <laughs> Mine comes from that skill because as far as luck, oh my gosh, I actually have more luck than skill. But the hard work and just learning from other people investing my money and time. I'm going to Billy Williams thing um, next week. I'm, I paid my own way and everything. And, and why am I doing that? I've already been to Billy's thing because I need to go back and I need to learn again. In two weeks from next, uh, so from three weeks from today, um, I'm going to be in Cor Cape Coral going to Brent Kelly's uh, ProFit. I'm paying my own way. You know, these things I'm doing because I'm just constantly getting, getting better. And I can afford that at my point in time. I couldn't do that with my second or third year. But there's these groups, IAOA. There's one of the best out there, which is Agency Intelligence Mastermind. It's the greatest ever. I don't know if you ever heard about it, Jack. I, I don't know. I'm a little biased. But anyways, I mean, there's there's great groups out there where you can get on the phone, get on video with these people, get face-to-face -face with them on Zoom or something and say, hey, I got four questions for you. One of the things that I did that I know they wrote the book, Never Eat Alone, or Never Eat Lunch Alone, is, is I, I lived that before I read that book. I mean, I went and got to the executive director, to the mayor. Um, I called up the tourism bureau people. I would call up the city manager. And, and, and all that was about was, as I was doing that stuff that Zach and Matt were doing a long time ago, and that was, I don't care about you talking about insurance with you. How can I help you? I have this huge network that I'm building in this town and I want to be able to help you. What's the best way? And then that started, that started to relay that stuff. But you can, you can still get Brent Kelly on the phone and he can give you coaching. You can still get Jack. You can get on the phone. People can get on the phone with you. And I know you don't give yourself enough credit, which I think you should start doing more because people are going to know immediately that you got a beard and bearded people are pretty cool in my opinion in this industry i will never have a beard i don't really like beards but like the other beard guy i know is wesley anderson he, he's pretty freaking cool so i'm starting to think beards maybe i'm starting to realize that people with beards are almost as cool as me that's what it is right there jack it's out now there it's, you out. Go. It's, a, it's out no i'm joking <laughs> jack i appreciate your time dude um anything you want to say to wrap up you've given some great insight to the to the young people, to the people that have been in it for you, marketing, working in the business. Anything you want to wrap up with? Anything from Wingate? Yeah, you know, uh, one, and I know people probably tell you this a lot, but but you deserve it. You, Hanley, 
Nick Ayers, you guys are doing a wonderful job. And and having seen since the discussion that you and Hanley had that mentioned my name, um, people have, I feel like I'm um, the bell of the ball at some points in time and people <laughs> want to be my friend on Facebook. And I'm like, how do you guys do it all the time? Um, yeah. But for real, you guys, if nothing else, like I said, for me, it just says, hey, you're on to something. You're doing it the right way. Um, so, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um I do, I do, I do. Since you're you're a friend of his, I want to apologize to Christopher Cook because the one time I met him, I bet, and I don't know for sure, I bet I called him Chris. No, so you didn't. Christopher, I, I, I didn't. No, because I, if I you know did, he, he would have told you. He would have told you. He would have said, "Jack, it's nice to meet you, sir, and you look like a pretty fine gentleman." But my name is Christopher. My name is not Christopher. Chris. I'm yeah, telling you, so he'd have busted you out. But but you know, I, I appreciate all you guys do for the industry, and and if I were to give. Any agent, any agent, uh, any advice, not that uh, you should listen to me or anything, but I would say sometimes you need to walk outside of your agency, go talk with some of your other business friends and, and clients and just sit down and see how they're doing things. Because when you go back to your office, you'll be able to better do your business because we get stuck in an agency and we just think, Oh, this is what we do. This is what we do. You go out into the big, bad world see how other people are doing things and you'll be able to bring something back to your agency to better your agency. So again, get outside your comfort zone and go sell some stuff. One word answer, skill or luck blessed. I mean, Booyah! Oh, <laughs> come on now. Come on. Come on. You know, I tell this to Hanley all the time because I tell him that I'm blessed. And I always make sure I know. One of the things my, my preacher told me one time that I thought was cool is he said that actually the biblical term for blessed means satisfied. So if you look back at whatever translation, it came from being satisfied and being in a, a spiritual realm or a personal relationship with with how however spiritual you are out there having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and, and feeling blessed means Amen. not so much that it's coming from blessed of being blessed because of him, but I feel blessed because I feel satisfied in him, right? I just really Amen. thought that was cool. And so every time I hear blessed, I always think of satisfied because I think people think, oh, like you think you're special because you were blessed. No, like you're not seeing it. It's the other way. And that's just yeah. my opinion. So anyways, hey, good talking to you, Jack. Thanks very much for what you're doing. Thanks for reaching out to the small guys saying there's got to be something better. I can sit back here and just work on this business, build this brand, give these people the tools to be successful. Because at the end of the day, you care. I talked to you about that. Why do you care? Because you, Jack, have realized the five truths of insurance with the flexible schedule, uh, the financial freedom, contributor build, empire builder, contributor to community, and mentorship. Those things are important in every aspect of letting people know how great this industry is. It's it's unbelievable. I saw it just the other day on my buddy uh, Quincy uh, Branch, who is uh, used to serve with me on the National Young Agents out there. Loyal listeners, he actually posted onto his page, and you can look him up because he's somebody you need to follow. He's out in Las Vegas. And he says, not every day you get to have uh, breakfast with a congressman and a vice president because he's in Vegas. The, pres- the, the, the candidates are out there, and he's getting to meet with them. And his hashtag is the important part, loyal listeners. His hashtag was, insurance is cool. And it's so awesome that he puts that there because we don't speak that enough. If you listen to Kelly uh, Donahue Perro, where she was talking about how when they do the, uh, the secret calls, 
how little we tell about who our agency is, how little we tell about what it means that they've called an independent insurance agent, right? We sometimes forget to tell other workers and our friends how great and how cool this industry is. When I saw that Quincy posted this, I thought to myself, you know what? This stuff is so awesome, Quincy. And I, I'm going to back you up, brother. I said, I'm going to back you up. And one of the things that I posted to him, because I, I just wanted, I wanted everybody to understand exactly what he had posted. And what I say is people have no idea how cool insurance really is. It blows my mind. You will get opportunities you never thought you would get. You're going to go places you didn't know you could go. And you're going to be a person that you always wanted to be. Hashtag insurance is cool. This has been Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I gave you a real agent, Jack Wingate, inside of a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that the industry tries to make you believe. This has been Jason Cass. That's Jack Wingate. And we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.